This is Sunday Morning Worship Service, December the 17th, 2023. Sunday Morning Worship Service with the North Carolina International Pentecostal Holiness Church Women's Ministry President, Reverend Janice Marshburn, bringing the message today. The perfect present is the presence of the Lord. We'll start off with the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church Choir singing Away in a Manger.
manger The Virgin Mary was his mother And Joseph was his earthly father Three wise men came from afar They were guided by a shining star To see King Jesus where he lay In a manger filled with hay down. Thank you.
Just a reminder for all of you, if you'll be here this afternoon, so you're staying at the church, we will be having food catered to you, and then you'll be here in the afternoon to do finalizing your play practice and preparing for tonight. So not only the youth, but anybody involved in that play, please be here. We have plenty of food for you. Uh, when we get through taking up the offering, uh, we have two specials this morning as far as singing. Uh, Laurie, the, uh, she has been asked to sing uh, Mary Wrapped, uh, a gift, and then uh, Sarah is going to sing a song for us. So uh, uh, we got two specials from two young women. As I say. Yeah, yeah, smart, huh? Yeah. All right, let's continue to worship this morning uh, by giving to the Lord and blessing Him this morning. We thank Him for this opportunity to give and bless Him and to bless His church. Pray with me. Father, we thank You, dear Jesus, that we can bless You this morning. Bless Your church, Lord, to reach those that are in need, to reach the lost, and to build Your kingdom, Lord. Bless the gift, Lord. Bless all the offering, Lord, and bless the giver. In Thy name we pray. Amen. inside soon she would bring forth the sun the end was full so instead he was born in a stable bed there his life had just begun but how was she supposed to know as she wrapped him in swaddling clothes her precious newborn son would become a sacrifice. Yes, he would run and laugh and play, but his manhood would bring the day for the world he would choose to die. Mary wrapped a present to the world 
that first Christmas morn when her baby was born. Mary wrapped a present to the world. There was no lighted Christmas tree, just one bright star so all could see. The way to Bethlehem that winter night Many gifts they brought to him But a greater gift she gave to him For through her son would come eternal life Mary wrapped a present to the world on that first Christmas morn, when her baby was born, Mary wrapped a present to the world. Mary wrapped a present to the world. On that first Christmas morn, when Jesus was born, Mary wrapped a present to the world. Mary wrapped a present to the world. On that first Christmas morn, when Jesus was born, Mary wrapped a present to the Shepherds heard the angels sing, the wise men brought an offering. Peace on earth began in Bethlehem. 
Have we lost the reason that we celebrate each year? What is Christmas? If there never was a Savior wrapped in a manger, what is Christmas? If the angels never sang glory to the newborn King, what is Christmas without Christ? There'd be no glory in and Chelsea's day of glory in and Chelsea's day of what is Christmas? If there never was a Savior wrapped in a manger, what is Christmas without Christ? Well, this is Christmas. It's all about a Savior wrapped in a manger. This is Christmas because of Jesus Christ. This is Christmas because of Christ, because of Christ, because of Christ. Beautiful, beautiful messages from both of those songs. I um, was sitting there thinking about Christmas and I saw a picture on the news this week where Bethlehem is not lit up like it's usually lit up with big, huge Christmas tree and people traveling there to get an experience of Christmas. And my heart was saddened because I know that Jesus is alive and well. And I don't know what side of the fence you are with the war over there, but you better take Israel's side. You better pray for Israel. Israel needs prayer. It needs God's hand to continue to be upon it. My friends over there, I got a a text this morning from my uh, young friend that has four or five children there. She says, please pray. Please pray. Tell your church to pray. And I tell her every time. And I send her messages all through the week. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying. So please pray for Israel now. And in and, and everything you do this season, Israel needs to know the Lord in a great, great way. It is my privilege and honor to introduce to you the North Carolina IPHC Women's Ministry Director. Whew. That's a mouthful. She is a wonderful Pentecostal Fireball. So if you don't want to get fired on today, all I can say is get under the pew. But it's going to still reach you. She is a powerball. She is a powerful speaker. Knows the word of God inside and out. And I've already read the scriptures for today. And I'm like, man, this is going to be it. So please welcome Miss Janice Marshburn. 
or Reverend Janice Marshman. She's take all the time you want, Shug. Or just Janice. <laughs> love you. I love me some Jenny. She's a wonderful lady. I'm just Janice. And it is a joy to be in your house. To be with you this morning. God is good. You look around. I know you're thinking, well, we got a visiting speaker today. How come the weather made everybody stay home? Well, don't worry about that. Let's worry about us. And let's enjoy us this morning. And the glorious presence of the Lord that we have felt in this house. And when Jenny was speaking, I just thought we need to stop right now and pray for Israel. Father, hallelujah. We bring your people. They are your people. We declare your blessings and your power and your spirit upon them that there will be revelation after revelation after revelation upon the Jews in that land that you, the Messiah, is already here, that you, you, the one who came to redeem them, is already here, Lord, and that you would move among them and that the power of the Lord will be felt by them, Lord. I pray you're protecting a hand upon every one of the Israeli defense force that you would protect them, God. <laughs> that you would protect them. That your hand, your blood, we declare your blood, Lord. We declare your blood this morning. I don't plead for it. I don't plead your blood. I declare your blood. Hallelujah. Upon your people. And we just pray for their protection. We pray for peace. We pray for your presence. We pray for the promise. They will realize that the promise is already here, Lord. I believe you. your word declares unto us, if we will bless them, that you will bless us. And there's not a one of us in this sanctuary this morning that does not need a blessing from heaven. We might just need it in, a, in different ways. I need a blessing for one thing and somebody else some, for another reason, Lord. And I don't just bless Israel because you said those things would happen. I bless Israel because I love the land and I love the people. Lord Jesus, but I bless them this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask you to speak boldly unto the United States of America. Hallelujah. Speak boldly to the people, Lord Jesus, from your word. Your word has not changed. Your promises have not changed. Lord, we love your people and declare your strength and your power and your provision and your protection upon them this morning. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ child, hallelujah, who came that we might live and dwell in heaven forever. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be, I, you don't have a clock. You have a clock back there so I can keep track of what time it is. Sometime I, I, I forget. Thank you, ma'am. I see it up there. I'm going to be reading to you this morning from first from First Chronicles chapter 13. And while you're turning there, and some of you use your Bible, some of you use your 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 um, instrument, your devices, your phone, or whatever. Just as sure as I try to use my phone, somebody will text me, or some blurp will go off, or something, and I find myself distracted. And and so I I found I'm better off by sticking with the printed word <laughs> that doesn't talk back at me, except 
through the Spirit. <laughs> so, well, however you read the Bible this morning, as long as you read the Bible, you read it. <laughs> now, I give you a real challenge as the new year comes up, comes upon us, that you would take that as, as a, if you haven't already said, I'm going to do it this year, I want you to do it this year. That we have a fresh start. We have a fresh start. God gives us the opportunity to start over again. Isn't that wonderful? His mercies are new every morning. And if we happen to reach January the 1st, his mercies are new again for the year to help us to get it right. I I heard a girl at work one morning and and she came into her desk one way and I came into my desk the other way. But still there there was an, an, I couldn't see her, but I knew she was back there. I heard her come in and sit down and, and Brother Mac, this is what I heard her say. She said, Lord, thank you for another opportunity to get it right. I could hear that back there, and I thought, Lord, that's where we as your children are this morning. Thank you for the opportunity this morning to get it right. And I've been praying about what he was, I was to share with you. I know it's Christmas, and, and we want to hear from the Word of God. And your music is amazing, and I have just enjoyed it and, and felt the presence of the Lord. And, and so we've just enjoyed it this morning. But I, I want us to just stop, and I, I want to appreciate my friends that are with me this morning. We are not blood related, but we might as well be. <laughs> this is my sister by another mother, <laughs> so to speak, and her daughter and 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 then her daughter. So some are from uh, Garner or Clayton and some are from Sneeds Ferry. And so I am so thankful for the Thompson family this morning that came to be with me. Actually, David and, and Karen, um, David drove this morning and, and that way um, I could just sit back. <laughs> And just and just relax a few minutes. But this morning, I do appreciate them being with me. But I want to get into the word, and I want us to ask. I want to um, ask to ask ourselves, and I want to ask myself and you this morning: Is our level of relationship with Jesus satisfying? Mm. Or do we continually find ourselves searching and searching for something else? You know, we're just searching and searching and we're continually searching. There's a hole, I say, inside of me that's shaped like Jesus. And if I don't fill it with Jesus, then I'm going to be searching for searching and searching and searching for something until I find what fills it. Let me tell you, I am addicted to chocolate. And when I get a, a, a craving for chocolate and there's not any in the house, I'll just eat everything inside trying to satisfy that craving. Do you do it too? brother I just eat everything no chocolate sometimes I intentionally don't have it in my house that's why I don't bake cakes and and make cookies if they're there I'm gonna eat them and, and especially if there's no chocolate I'm gonna eat everything getting there but I, I, I want to say to us this morning that sometimes we are searching for other things because we are actually void of the presence of the Lord the Lord is not there to fill that hole I thought about marriages there's many marriages 
is that that they don't make it for that very reason. Come on, he's doing his thing and she's doing her thing and and they're all tied up in this and in that and they are void of each other's presence. And when their presence is not there, the marriage will begin to fall apart. Come on, we we need each other. And in this busy Christmas season, I, I thought about us that we need to search our hearts to be sure that our level of relationship with Jesus is in order. I thought about how how vigorously we shop. You know, we're on the web page, we're looking for this, and we're running from store to store and and sweating over it. We're thinking, oh, well, I gotta have that just right, perfect present. That's what I got to have. I've been searching for it and I've worn myself out and, and I thought Lord, we, we, we're, we're wearing ourselves out trying to do these things. Are we as willing to use that amount of energy this morning to search for the presence of Jesus? Come on. I want us to be reminded this morning that the greatest present that we can have and receive this Christmas season or any season of our year is the presence of the Lord. Come on. There is nothing like feeling Jesus. There is nothing. One morning this week, I was still in my bed. I pushed up and I was all under that warm cover and I was reading the word of God and I began to pray. And I, brother, I want to tell you, it was like a glory cloud just came down in that room. I was saying things I didn't understand. It didn't matter because it was a heavenly language and I know it was getting the job done and I thought Lord I have just experienced your glory there is nothing like it there's nothing like it when we get in his presence we find ourselves in wanting even more of his presence but do we have the presence of the presence of the Lord do we have the, the presence of the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit this morning come on we're still a Pentecostal church right I need to feel I need that evidence that unknown tongue that tells me that is still all right between me and him. But most of us would testify this morning, and I bet you 99% of us this morning would say that I am a child of God and I practice his presence. But we would also have to be honest that there are times in our lives, oh, and may even be even now, when things just do not seem to be right. The busyness of life, the distraction, of life come on has sucked the life right out of us and we have found ourselves uh, in a season of slump uh, and before we realized it we haven't even realized oh uh, that we have gotten away from the presence of the Lord that we used to feel on a daily basis and if that's your situation or mine this morning I, I say and I pray that we we will inquire. I want you to remember that word this morning. That we will inquire of the Lord. Come on. And then we will begin to make a certain effort to seek Him. That is what it's talking about. To be energized with His explosive power. I was reading that out of the word this week. That we can be energized by the explosive power of God. Sometimes I need that explosion.
provision within my spirit. My prayer is that the power of God would rise up within us this morning, church. I don't know if you're feeling, hallelujah, what I'm feeling, but I want the spirit of the Lord to rise up within us, hallelujah, and take away those distractions, enable us to to come up against the enemy of the distractions of this world and be victorious over the enemy every day of our life. I am going to get to the scripture. Those are just things that I want to happen around here this morning. But let me read to you from 1 Chronicles chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. And it said, and David consulted. And you're thinking, how has this got to do with Christmas? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like, Lord, we preached on Mary and Joseph and the baby and, and this and the other. But this is what the Lord gave me. He got started dealing with me over this a couple weeks ago and it's just been stirring in my spirit and David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader and David said unto all the congregation of Israel if it seem good unto you and that it be with and that it be of the Lord our God let us send abroad unto all unto our brethren everywhere that are, are left in all the land of Israel and with them also to the priests and the Levites uh, which are in their cities and suburbs uh, that they may gather themselves unto us and let us bring again come on I want you to get that and let us bring again sometimes we think we got to have something new <laughs> come on at Christmas we thinking we gotta have I gotta have something new <laughs> you know it's just what happens at Christmas time we gotta find something new but you know what David was saying here <laughs> come on <laughs> what he's saying what we really need is not something new <laughs> he's really saying we need what we had before <laughs> that we let slip away from us listen to what the word of the Lord said he said and let us bring again the ark of our God unto us. You know, we know that has been the ark of the covenant, which was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. He said, let us bring again the ark of God to us for we are for we inquired that word we inquired not at it in all the days of Saul and the congregation come on congregation I want you to agree with me this morning and all the congregation said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people let me tell you church we need the presence of the Lord we need the presence agree with me on that this morning that we need the presence of the Lord that we've got to be permanently fixed in the presence of the Lord in order to be able to win continuously against the enemy the enemy hates you and the enemy hates me the enemy would have us the Bible said that the enemy didn't come to just give us a bad day the enemy came to kill and steal and destroy us and we need the presence of the Lord it's the greatest present that we can ever have hallelujah my 
friend already gave me a, a wonderful present uh, that I love, and it's a heater. <laughs> I'm as cold-natured as a frog, and she brought me this cute heater, <laughs> and it just, I, this morning I had it by my little prayer chair, and, and I was warming up by that heater. I love it. <laughs> she knows I love it. Got a little remote control, <laughs> you know, and I don't even have to get out of my chair, but I thought how wonderful it is but the greatest thing that I am feeling as I am sitting in this little rocking chair in front of that heater is not the present but I am feeling the presence of the Lord come on church let me just preach it to you young people are saying we got the experience the presence of the Lord in our personal life Come on, we got to have the presence of the Lord in our home or we're going to find ourselves like we read about in a situation like Sam, uh, Samson was in in the book of Judges. Listen, let me give me time. Give me time to talk about the Word of God and, and tell you the story from the Word because a lot of people do not know the Word. They do not know the Word as simple as this story is. But let me give it to you this morning. And I pray you hear it like you have never heard it before. Due to worshiping idols, the children of the Lord had begun to worship idols. And the Lord allowed his children to be overtaken by the enemy. And the Bible teaches us that they cried out to the Lord. And God raised up this man by the name of Samson to deliver them. Before Samson was even born, the Lord began to speak to the mother of Samson and said the child this child is a special child he's to be raised up like a Nazarite because he's got a job to deliver my children I want to tell you you got a job this morning to deliver those that are lost in sin you don't have to have a credential to, to share the word of God you don't have to have that if you're saved and the power of the Holy Ghost is within you. You've got a credential. You've been anointed this morning. Uh, and you've been ordained by God. Uh, but he was ordained by God. Uh, and God said, you're to raise him like a Nazarite. Uh, and when you raise him like a Nazarite, uh, there's some things that are involved here. The first thing is, he's not to have anything to do with grapes whatsoever. Um, I want to tell you what God was saying. Uh, and if I can just say it like I want to say it, uh, he wasn't to be a sipping saint. Anybody here this morning? Come on, I'm Pentecostal wholeness. I was born and bred, and somebody said you'll be that when you're dead because I've been in it so long. But I want to tell you, God said abstain. He's to abstain from it. He's not allowed to have his hair cut, and he's not to touch a dead body. He's set apart. That's what God was saying. He is devoted unto the calling of the Lord. He is to be different. We don't have to be weird. We don't have to be a fanatic. I'm telling you, but we are supposed to be different. He said, you're a peculiar people. That's what you are. He said, and I've called you out that you might show forth the blessings of the Lord who has called you out. 
Come on, he was to be a peculiar little boy. The story is long, and I don't have time to rehearse it all, but most people are thinking, the first thing we think is the power of Samson was in his hair. That's the way we look at it. But if you'll study the Word of God, the power in Samson was from God. Hallelujah. That's exactly where it came from. Go home and read Judges 13 through 16. We found out he had some problems when you read there. He had some fleshly desires. He was a womanizer. I want to tell you, he had this lust for women, and it was one of his biggest weaknesses. And Israel was commanded. The children of Israel were not to marry outside of their nation. And here was the man who was born to rescue Israel from the hands of the enemy. And he repeatedly broke the vows of the Lord and even slept with the enemy. Come on, I want to tell you, First Chronicles 6 and 17 says, We are to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. That was the vow of the, of the Nazarite were those three things. But the vow from God, that's our vow. Our vow of holiness from the Lord that we're to touch not the unclean thing and be holy as he is holy. Come on, Samson went from shenanigan to shenanigan, breaking rule after rule. We find him in a vineyard. We find him eating honey out of the carcass of a dead lion. It just seemed like he was determined to do whatever seemed right in his eyes. Are we there today? Is that what the church, the modern day church today is doing what seems right in their own eyes and he ended up with his head in the lap of the enemy. We know her as the prostitute Delilah. He kept, she kept manipulating him. The story is long to tell him where where is, where does your strength come from? She didn't really want to know just to know because she loved him. She didn't love him. He was getting out of her what he wanted and she was getting out of him what she wanted uh, come on uh, she wanted to be able to tell the Philistines they were going to give her money if you'll find out uh, where that strength is coming from we'll pay you she was manipulating him. Church, we better be careful who we spend our time with. Come on, we better be careful who we rub elbows with. We don't become like them. Oh, hallelujah. We got to be strong to change them. But finally, finally, he gave in and he said, if you just cut my hair, if my hair is cut, I'll be easily overtaken. And then the Bible said, and then he fell asleep. And I'm like, what is the deal? What kind of man? What was he thinking? Where, where is your wisdom? What is up with you? You've just told this woman and, and she had already uh, deceived you several times before. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, you mighty man of God? And she does exactly what she did before she called the Philistines. They cut off his hair. She tricked him again. And she said, the Philistines are upon thee, Samson. And he just woke right up out of his sleep. And he said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to defeat them just like I have done in the past. In Judges 16 and 20 says, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Church, I know you say you're, you're boring me stiff 
I've heard this before. But there's a message in this fact that he was so wrapped up in his own desires that he did not even realize that the Lord was no longer with him. He did not realize, I don't have any strength. I don't have any power because the presence of the Lord had departed from him. Therefore, the protecting power of the Lord no longer rested over him. And as a result of that, as a result of the lack of God's presence in his life, the enemy overtook him, took out his eyes, imprisoned him. And if you'll read the scriptures, he was made to grind meal. I believe that he walked like a mule in a circle day after day. You know, you've seen the grinding mills. You've gone, you probably didn't, maybe none of you in here is, some of you are about my age. <laughs> We've seen a lot of things, but if you go to Maybridge Mill up in up in, in near Cherokee, North Carolina, you'll you'll see how it was done. How they did it with water. But I believe that Samson did it like a mule. I believe that he walked in a circle day after day and month after month after month. Oh, I want to tell you something. There are some consequences for neglecting the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you this morning we will lose our spiritual eyesight and we will lose our spiritual insight and we will lose our freedom. And we will become prey to the hands of the enemy. You say, you're preaching hard. You're preaching hard. I want to tell you, it might be Christmas, but there's never been a time more than this moment today that we need the presence of the Lord in our life. And I have felt that. Uh, if you know the story, you know that he became a source of entertainment for the enemy. They made fun of the one that they had conquered who was born to conquer them. They mocked him. Listen, they're mocking us. Because many know today, the devil mocks us today because he knows that the word said that we have authority as believers because we've been seated on high with the Lord and he is mocking us because we are not accepting and utilizing the authority of the Lord. Come on, it's just the truth this morning. I want us to be warned. I want us to be warned. I'm going somewhere this morning. That we do not get wrapped up in our own desires. That we do not get wrapped up in the own affairs of this world. That distractions from the enemy. The enemy brings these distractions in front of us. So that we will be distracted from the Lord. The things of the flesh that satisfy us. And before we know it, we have failed to inquire. I want you to remember that word. That word has just stuck out to me for about two weeks. We have failed to inquire of the Lord. You know what we've done? We've failed to go to the altar to see if the inner fire is still burning in our lives. We have failed to go to the altar to see if we have lost the power of the Lord and we have fallen into the trap of the enemy. Come on, church, if this is the case in our life, there's hope. <laughs> I thought, I don't want to say all this, Lord. 
This seems so downing to me. But I'm telling you, we need to get right. And we need to get ready. Because Jesus is about to come. And we've been playing church for far too long. Listen, when it happens here, like it happened in Israel. And it's going to. When it happens here, it's going to take the presence of the Lord in our life to make it. It's going to take the presence of the Lord. We have never needed the presence of the presence of the Lord like we need it today. Listen, we got to be careful. But I say unto you this morning that there is still hope. There's still hope, Brother Mac. There is still hope if we will cry out unto the Lord again. (laughs) Come on. If we will cry out, we will bring back what we used to have. If we will bring back the things that we used to enjoy. The presence of the Lord, the power, the reading, the studying, the determination that if the clock should strike 12, we got to get out of here and get to the food bar before everybody else. If you're as old as me, it didn't matter what time it was. <laughs> on Sunday night when I was a little girl, I slept on a pallet under the pew. I know you did, Karen. Slept on a pallet underneath the pew because the church was so long. <laughs> and I had to get up and go to school the next morning. But I didn't let my mom and daddy. It didn't bother them. They just made provisions for me to take a nap. Well, they danced all around me. I didn't even have to look up to see who was dancing before the Lord. I already knew. I knew the steps uh, that my husband's grandmother would dance. I, I didn't have to look up and see, is that Miss Ida? No, I knew it was her. Come on, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. We knew what it was to be in the presence of the Lord. There is hope for us this morning. If you will keep reading here, you will find out that Samson was restored and he was able to fulfill He was able to fulfill his calling. Let me tell you, Samson probably kept thinking, oh, what a wonderful present it would be to me if my physical eyes could be restored and I could just see how big the enemy is that's keeping guard over me. If I could just see him. Oh, he probably was thinking that. But on a certain day, hallelujah, Samson realized the greatest present he had was the presence of the Lord as he was grinding and grinding and grinding I believe God blinded the enemy and they did not realize his hair had to begin to grow again come on why have you ever thought about that what was wrong with them that they could not see the man's strength that had been restored I want to tell you God will blind us from the enemy he will I could go on with another sermon on that. But as he was grinding that meal, grinding that meal, they failed to see that his hair began to grow. 
In one day, there was about 3,000 of the Philistines. They were in the venue of where they worshipped their idol god. The elite, I believe, uh, it said the lords of the Philistines uh, was among them. And, and I believe that was the elite uh, of the Philistines. They were worshipping their, their idol. They were like, bring that man out. You know, the one that's blind and been, and we called him and, and put his eyes out and, and he's been grinding. Bring him out here because we're going to make fun of him. We just want to make fun of this one who thought him. there was a day when he could pick up the gates of the city and just carry it out. And here he is. He's such a weakling. Bring him out here. The one who was supposed to do so much. And they brought him out to make fun of him. I believe that Samson was thinking, regardless of my miserable past, God's just given me a second chance. I don't know why he knew about the pillars. I don't know why he, where he knew they were. We knew a little boy let him out and he said, I want you to, I want you to put my hand on one pillar of this venue and, and one on the other. And Samson began to pray. Come on, church. He was calling on the presence of the Lord. Come on, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a few more minutes before 12 o'clock, and I'm going to keep bringing it alive this morning. And he prayed. He said, oh, Lord God. You know what he was saying? The God that I got a covenant with. I got a covenant with you. Have you got, I got a covenant with him this morning. He said, remember me. I pray you. And strengthen me. I pray you. Only this once, oh God. That I may at once. That I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And he started pushing, brother. He started pushing. And with all of his might, and when he did, the strength, the presence of the Lord re-entered him. And he pushed those pillars down. And that place collapsed. And the Bible said they all died. That so many died that day, were killed that day. It was more than he had Killed in all of his life. The Philistines, the enemies, the restoration of the presence and the power and the promise of God is possible this morning if we will call upon him, if we will seek, if we will inquire regardless of our miserable past. Come on, let me just give you one other example. I want to tell you though, and, and, and I'm going to let you go home. <laughs> well, you young people are going to eat here, right? And my, I congratulate you on the fact that 13 of you are going to accelerate. I am thrilled. You have a reason to be shouting, Brother Pastor. You have a reason to be shouting. But I want to tell you this, that outside of the presence of the Lord, the enemy will mock us. He'll mock us. He'll mock us with temptation and he'll mock us with fear. He'll mock us with sickness. Oh, if you had faith enough, you would be healed. Come on, anybody ever felt that? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever said that through you? He'll mock us. He'll mock us. But I want to tell you this morning again, through the presence and the power and the promise of God, he will empower us against the enemy. I want us to enjoy his presence. I want us this morning also to seek for his presence in the house of of God. Okay, I've talked to you about seeking for him in our personal life. 
But we need to welcome him. You have done that this morning. But I want to tell you, we need to welcome him again in our place of worship. Most churches have what you have. You have all the essentials that you need to have a wonderful church experience. You got a wonderful music. I, I thought someone was playing the piano, and, and then Jenny was telling me that it, it was, I, I forgot her name, um, Pansy. It was Pansy that used to play here. And because I was peeping around the piano, I kept looking and looking and looking. And, and I thought, man, how wonderful that is that they're still enjoying those very things. You've got overhead, you've got heat, you've got air, we've got everything. But I want to tell you this morning, there's many churches that you could walk into this morning with the presence of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, and the anointing of the Lord is missing. And nobody really realizes it. We know how to do it, don't we? We know when to say amen. We know how many songs to sing and how many not to sing. We know. We know what time to cut things off, and I'm, I'm watching the clock. We know when to cut things off so everybody can get out and not be disgruntled before. In many churches, there is no activity around the altar. It makes me sad, church. I go to a lot of churches. Many churches, there's no activity around the altar. <laughs> One reason is because many churches they never give you the uh, opportunity to come to the altar to respond to what you have just heard in many churches there's no raising of the hands there's no worship there's no laying hands on the sick and then recovering there's no tongues and there's no interpretation and certainly there is no casting out of demons let me read you what mark said mark said in chapter 16 verses 17 through 18 he said, these miracles, the signs and the wonders, they're going to follow. They're going to accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will supernaturally be protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So many people are even reluctant to mention the fact that there are demons, much less to have the power to drive them out. Come on, am I preaching this morning? Come on, we need, we need to take inventory. We need to take inventory. Do we still have the spirit? Do we still have the power? Do we still have the presence in the church? Is there a spirit of conviction? You see, I'm an older woman. As a youth, I grew up, I, I've seen people come down the aisle. They preached under conviction. They would walk down the aisle and lay their cigarette packs on the altar. Is that okay to say that, Brother Mac? Am I in a line here this morning? Some people would bring their billfold. They'd lay it on the altar because they had failed God. They had robbed God by not paying their tithes or trusting in him that he would take care of. Anybody seen any of those things? Some of you that are as old as me, come on. They would. They would lay him on the altar. They would lay things all over the altar. We don't even understand what it, conviction is all about anymore because of the lack of the presence and the power. Why? Because we have failed as they did in Saul's day to inquire of the Lord. 
They have failed to seek the Lord for what is right and what is wrong. The Bible said that we'll work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And not by seeking on Google or, or asking our, our neighbor that's already living the lifestyle that we know is wrong. Well, you know, what does the Bible say? And can I do this? And, and the Bible said we better do it with fear and trembling. And I'll tell you, church, I, know, I just feel like there's a hard message this morning. But I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I don't want this to make me mad or bore me. I want it to convict me. I want it to convict me to the point that I'm completely convinced until I am converted into a holy child of God. His presence is missing because folks are not seeking for his presence. Some people are scared to seek his presence. Because they're afraid of what he will say. They're afraid of what he will point out that might be wrong in our life that needs to be changed. Come on, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. Let, let's just go back to, to, to Chronicles and then and, and I'm going to close it up. When we look in this scripture, this I read to you how the Ark of the Covenant, which... David talked about the ark. It was the ark of the covenant. Read about it in the Old Testament. That's where the Ten Commandments were. That's where the, the manna was. That's where the rod, the rod was. It was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. And this is what David was so concerned King Saul had died, and David had been appointed and anointed. Um, the way before the time that he took the throne, God had anointed him, and he had become king. Everything governmentally was in order. The government was in order, but the church was in disarray. And David was concerned about that. David knew as the ruler of the people that he couldn't do it without the presence of the Lord. I knew that I could have come to this church and minister this word this morning without the presence of the Lord. I tell him all the time, I'll fail without you. I'll fail without you. I'll fall on my face. If there's no anointing, there is no penetration into the heart. I'll fail without you. And I think that's what David was saying here. But David was saying... The original location for the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies, in the ancient temple that was destroyed when the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple. They destroyed everything, and the Ark of the Covenant was located about 10 miles away in the home of Abinadad. And it had been there since the time of Samuel. It had been that Far away for about 120 years. Where's the presence of the Lord? And how long has it been gone? And nobody has inquired of it. And David was like, I want to bring it home. I want it to be among us. 
as a presence of advancement and, and encouragement in the spiritual lives of the people that I govern. Oh, my. Would it be wonderful if the government today was like that? Let's bring back the presence of the Lord to lead us and to guide us and to help me govern the people that have been entrusted to my care. Come on, I want to make you hungry for the presence of the Lord this morning. David wanted them to be holy as the Lord was holy. He wanted their lives to be centered around the worship of Jehovah God, not Dagon, the God of the Philistines. And, it, and, and David said in 1 Chronicles 13 and 3, it says to us that not just Saul, but all the people were careless in their worship. They had been worshiping in the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of the Lord was not even there. It stirred me. It stirred me. I became so concerned that in this Christmas time we are so wrapped up in the present. But not the presence. David said, We got to get everybody together. And I got you here this morning, and David was like, Listen, if it seems good to you, <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you this morning. And David said to them, If it seems good to you, and if it's God's will, let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. I know this is not a pew-jumping sermon. But it's what's been on my heart. And I hope I don't go home and forget it. That it will stir in me. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it back again. Oh, yeah. We attempted it. And we ran into a few problems. And, and a man, because we didn't bring it home like God instructed it to be moved. Come on, we want to do it our way, right? It's not going to work unless we do it God's way. He didn't go back and, and inquire of the Lord as to how it was to be moved. And so, therefore, a man reached out and touched it, and he died. They became discouraged, and, and they left it in the home of, of um, Obadiah. Obed, uh, I call him Obedidim. Left him, left the Ark of the Covenant in Obed-Edom. Left it in his home. What happened? The Lord began to bless, multiply blessings and blessings and blessings upon that household. Where the presence of the Lord is. Come on, are you getting it? Are you getting it this morning where the presence of the Lord is? There are blessings. And so they went to the home of Obed-Edom. And they went this time the right way. There was music. There was singing. There were shouts. You know how it is? Let me, my husband was the very first year of our, our marriage. We'd been married about 40 days. And he was sent to Korea for 11 months. 
I was 18 years old in high school. <laughs> it's a long time ago. When he came home, <laughs> there was music. <laughs> Come on, there was shouting. There was rejoicing. He was so good to have him home again. <laughs> and this is what it was there. There was music and dancing. And, and, and the Bible said that David just danced before the Lord with all his might. <laughs> I about did that too when Gary stepped off that plane way back in 1970. And I was able to see my groom again. <laughs> I was a kid. But it meant so much to have him back in his place again. And the Bible said that he just danced before the Lord and he shared refreshments with the people. And then he spoke to the Levites and he said, I'm leaving you to minister before the ark day and night and night and day. You are to, to the ark is now in its place. I had, he had prepared a tent and put it in its place. David said, you Levites. You're to worship day and night and day and night and day and night. You're to make known. Look in the scripture. He says, you're to make known among the nations in, in, in chapter 16 what he, what he has done. You're to sing to him and praise him for his wonderful acts. Joy fill the air. Joy fill the hearts as they welcomed his presence. I want to tell you, there's benefits that comes from joy. Read, Isaiah 16 and 11 says, In his presence there is a fullness of joy. And Nehemiah 8 and tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, the joy of the Lord, the joy produces, the presence produces the joy. And the joy of the Lord produces the, the power to defeat the enemy. I love it this morning. The presence of the Lord produces the power to resist the devil and he, he's got to flee. Oh, the joy of the Lord, the praise unto the Lord produces the power to trample on the snakes and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The joy, come on, the presence produces the joy that produces the power that we need to speak those things that are not as they were and see them happen. And let me come back to the Christmas story. That in his presence, we receive not only joy, but revelation. If you'll go back and you'll begin to read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 1. You, you will read there that the Lord revealed. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 verse 19, Gabriel Discovered God's will in the presence of the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, God revealed to Gabriel that an old couple, an old couple, you know, I'm old now. I'm not, I'm older, but I'm not old. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother youth pastor. I, I needed that from you. But God revealed that this elderly couple, that their prayers had been heard and they were going to have a child. Wow. The scripture said that Elizabeth was beyond age. She was another Sarah. And God said, in her old age, she's going to have a baby. And not only that, you're going to call her his name John. That's a full revelation. 
And he said, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even while he's in his mother's womb. And this is what Gabriel said to Zacharias, his daddy. He said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. Revelation of the will of the Lord and the future happens in the presence of the Lord. And just as God said, Elizabeth in her old age conceived. And you know what happened with the Virgin Mary? How the angel appeared and said, you found favor? You might be a virgin, but you found favor. And she's like, how is this going to happen? And this is my favorite, favorite part of the Christmas story. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. <laughs> the presence and the power of the highest, he's going to overshadow you. <laughs> and nothing is impossible with the Lord. And I believe that she felt a leaping within her womb. The Bible doesn't say so, but I believe it. Because when you experience the presence, you feel something. And what is so amazing to me is when she went to the home of Elizabeth, who was still with child, and Mary was with child, that when she walked into the room, (laughs) isn't it wonderful? And the presence of Jesus touched the presence of John the Baptist. Both of them were still in the womb. John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb. Come on, that's the presence of the Lord. Some of us need to feel a leaping in our womb this morning. A conception within our womb this morning of the power and the promise. And the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. That is so exciting to me. That's so exciting to me. And sometimes, let me end by telling you that this presence comes through praise. Because David said, They're to praise around the Ark of the Covenant. I told you already. They're to continue that praise. Continue that praise. And I think it's Psalms 22 and 3. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit tells us through the word, that he will inhabit our praises. That means he's going to just come right and sit right down with us. One writer said it would be like he'll just come sit down in our household with us and he'll just take care of the enemy. Just take it. Don't you touch my child. <laughs> Don't you even dare. She's a praiser. Woo! She's a praiser. And I'm inhabiting. My presence is with the praiser. Are there any praise keepers? Come on. Are there there any presence seekers in the house this morning? Does anyone want to bring back what we used to have? We talk about doing it 
We, listen, we can do the same thing, but just in a different way. Anybody want to bring back, Brother Mac, that tarrying at the altar? Come on. Anybody want to bring that back? Anybody want to bring back the fact that Holy Spirit speaks through someone in an unknown tongue and gives a, a supernatural solution or a supernatural revelation, a word of knowledge? Anybody want to bring that back in the church? I grew up that way. That's the way I grew up. I've received directions and revelations from the Lord in just that way. Anybody want to bring that back? Anybody want to bring it back this morning? It's one minute till 12. I did it. I want to tell you, I feel, I know you've, you've been long and patient and sat through a lot. But I've been feeling this thing. Do I want a present? Oh, yeah, I'm like a kid. I didn't wait till Christmas to open it up. Let's go right ahead and open it up. But more than a present right now, I want the presence of the Lord. I want to bring back what I used to feel. I would love to see people dance the aisles. You say, that's not very dignified. David said, he told his wife, who got all mad with him, he said, honey, you haven't seen anything yet. Gary, your grandma used to dance. Okay, now, oh, it's here now. Dancing and shouting before the Lord. I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back. I want to feel what we used to feel. I want to worship like we used to worship. doesn't matter to me if we're singing the old rugged cross or we're singing the bones of Elijah or days of Elijah or what's right now. I can't even think. What's popular right now? Dry bones. That's what I was trying to think of. The dry bones. Dry bones are rattling. I love that. doesn't matter. I can worship with all of them and experience the presence of the Lord. Father, I thank you for the patience of these wonderful people. Next time I get to come back to this church, I'll try not to preach so long. But it's your word. <laughs> and you're about to come. And so many are sitting in the church. And the most vital thing is missing. There's no presence. I have asked you, even before I got here, that the presence of the Lord would feel this place mightily that we would feel you that we would know you that we would experience you that you would touch us Lord I want you to touch me but more than that I want to touch you I don't want to touch somebody else that's touched you I want to touch you.
for your presence in the house, in the body, in the soul, in the mind, in the spirit of every person in this church. I don't know how you normally end your services. But could we take five more minutes? Brother Andy probably let you out a little earlier. But is it okay? If you watched a Hallmark movie, you'd still be sitting there. Amen. Except you might have a Pepsi and some popcorn. For at least a couple minutes. Will you stand to your feet and come to this altar? And assemble that you are hungry for the presence of the Lord. And that you're willing to give him an extra few minutes. You're willing to tarry. That you want to feel him. I want to feel him, brother youth pastor. I want you to continuously feel him. You have such a job. God gave you 13 young people. Probably more. How powerful. I pray that the spirit of the Lord will be felt within you and upon you. All around you. Beside you and before you. And all around you. And that you will have the word that you need to minister to these young people. That you will know how to lead them. You will know how to guide them. You will know how to direct them. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. And you will know when to tell them yes and when to tell them no. When to tell them that's right. But when to tell them that's wrong. The boldness. Lord, I look all around this altar this morning. This church has come. Somebody in this place wants to feel the presence of the Lord. And then they're not having church here next Sunday. So I pray for a double portion of your presence. I believe there's somebody that's hungry. I believe I pray that you would rest their bodies and their minds and their spirits as they have stayed and even as they tarry right now. As they cry out unto you, church, it's all right to cry out loud. It's all right to lift your voice in praise and thanksgiving and an honoring glory. It's all right to ask somebody. It's all right to call for the elders of the church and come forth and ask them to pray for you that you might experience. I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. May she feel. Oh, terrible.
a newness welling up within her right now, a bursting right now. Hallelujah. Forth of the well of water within her, Jesus. Jesus, may she feel your presence. May she feel you beyond what will last at this moment. Some presence that I get. The joy only lasts for a day or two. But I want you to pray that the presence of the Lord would touch her in a way, God, that she will still be enjoying your presence next week and the next week. God, that you would bless this beautiful man. Hallelujah. I pray the presence of the Lord upon you this morning. You will feel his mighty power moving through you. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, come back. We bring you back this morning. Hallelujah. We're not asking for something new. We're asking you for the same presence and the same power and the same promise. Hallelujah. May your spirit be upon him. Come on, if you feel a releasing of the Spirit to pray this morning in the Holy Ghost, then do so. Just allow Him to speak through you. Lord, I declare the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. This faithful saint of God. May she feel your presence. <laughs> Hallelujah. May there be a joy in heart after heart after heart. <laughs> the presence. I want you to feel his presence. God, may he feel you this morning. Maybe he's never felt you before. Maybe he just doesn't even quite understand what that means. I don't know. Maybe he's a preacher. I don't know. <laughs> I just ask you, whatever he needs this morning, he will feel it. He will receive it. <laughs> Special thanks to the North Carolina IPHC Women's Ministry Director, Reverend Janice Marshburn, for the message today. This is the Pine Level Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023. God bless. Merry Christmas.